Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This Rule 42 will be lifted as a result of a ruling by Judge Emmett Sullivan in Washington, D.C., who hasn't stepped a foot in El Paso, Texas, or McLean, or McAllen, Texas. The estimates right now are that the immigration surge each day will double from seven to 8,000 to 15,000 a day. 15,000 immigrants, illegal immigrants, will cross the border every day. Now, for those of you who are good at math, that's 450,000 every month. 450,000 every month. I want you to think about that. Almost 6 million, give or take, for the entire year, one year. In two years, we already have 4.5 million illegal aliens in this country as a result of the Biden administration. They keep saying there's 11 million. Folks, there aren't 11 million. There's got to be 30 million. We have 50 million people in this country of 320 million who were not born here. That's the greatest percentage of immigrants compared to total population in the history of this country. It's the greatest absolute number in the history of this country. It's about to get massively bigger. And we still have chain migration. So when people come here, they're granted amnesty, they can bring relatives into this country. And the average I told you the other day was 19 to 21 people per immigrant. 
The Marxists have unleashed every conceivable weapon and tool against our country. Every conceivable weapon and tool. And the Republican Party is simply unwilling to do a damn thing about it. The Constitution is explicit about the requirements for an executive, among other things, among many things. The president has a duty to faithfully execute the laws. He shall faithfully execute the laws. This has been litigated in the past, and it means what it says. Even if he disagrees with a law, he is required, required to ensure that it's enforced. Joe Biden refuses to enforce our immigration laws. Who's talking about impeaching and removing Joe Biden? The Republicans aren't. Handful of people. Handful of people. The Republican Senate. Not in the least. Nothing. That's why they're losers. That's why they shouldn't be in the majority. Why should they be? And here you have a president defying the Constitution in ways that are going to impact the nation and unravel the civil society, overwhelm local law enforcement, overwhelm federal immigration enforcement, overwhelm our schools, overwhelm our hospitals, overwhelm our country. And only now, a little dabble doom, the governor of California goes to the border because he sees it now. Not because he's concerned about the country, he's concerned about his future. He sees himself as a presidential candidate. Well, maybe he can win in California with an open border. But the rest of the country, or much of the country, you can't. And what's Mitch McConnell doing about it? Nothing. The Republicans in the Senate want to give amnesty to a couple million people on top of this. And Schumer says all these people should get amnesty. They should all be citizens. It's an amazing thing. The Democrat Party talks about demographics. The Democrat Party talks about in 2044, whites will cease being the majority. It'll be sooner than that. And then when you point it out, they accuse you of, oh, you're pushing... Replacement theory. I'm pushing anything. But I'm not blind to what's taking place. But Joe Biden's not held accountable. The Attorney General of the United States is not held accountable. The Secretary of DHS is not held accountable. So they continue to violate the Constitution. They continue to violate immigration laws. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. You hear the word fentanyl. What does that mean? Your children do not have to be drug addicts to die from fentanyl. If they touch it, if they accidentally inhale something that has fentanyl powder on it, if it's placed in their food, if it's placed in their medicine. They will die from it. That's how toxic this is. 
I think about this. We have children and we have grandchildren. And many of you do as well. And yet we have a president of the United States and a Democrat party that will not protect the American people from this. It is produced mostly by the communist Chinese. It is provided to the drug cartels on the southern border and they're pushing it into our country. And there are people listening to this show whose children have died from fentanyl. And they were not drug addicts. They were not potheads. They were good kids. Good kids. And more people died from fentanyl, over 100,000. Every year. Then died in the Vietnam War and the Korean War combined. But every year. Every year. It's really quite appalling, is it not? That our government won't do anything about it? Won't protect the American people? Because of racial politics? Because of Democrat Party politics? President is to ensure, he shall ensure that the laws are faithfully executed, but he won't. They impeached Trump over two nothing burgers. They're still chasing him down over documents. Look at this. 400 to 500,000 aliens coming into this country every month? I remember when the Democrat Party was patriotic. I remember when they wanted to secure the border. Not anymore. And Joe Biden is keeping it open, purposely. And what are the Republicans doing? Well, let me tell you. Over here at Red State, Jennifer Van Lahr. Can't read it all. But she points out that under this current RNC chair, um, that they have been on a spending spree. A spending spree. She says, despite Joe Biden's economy and three straight cycles of election losses, the RNC's big spending days are back with a vengeance. They're back with a vengeance. Perhaps because these losses, both RNC donors and committee members are intensely interested in the committee's finances. Late last week, Red State provided a report dated October 7 of this year that examined RNC's 21 22 spending calculated more than $500,000 in private jet expenses, $64,000 at clothing retailers, $321,000 in floral arrangements. To determine how that compared to the rest of Rona McDonald's tenure, Red State examined RNC expenditures from 2017 through 2022. And in addition to a review of Federal Election Commission data, Red State spoke with current vendors, state party officials familiar with the workings, former staffers, several current RNC members to verify their numbers and dates. <coughs> Our review found that amounts spent during the 21-22 election cycle seemed to have been 
par for the course and possibly even lower than previous portions of McDaniel's tenure. Since 2017, the RNC has spent $3.1 million on private jet services, $1.3 million on limousine and chauffeur services, $17.1 million on donor mementos, three quarters of a million dollars on floral arrangements, $80,000 in alcohol-related expenditures, nearly $400,000 is spent on event tickets and other entertainment activities, including $30,000 for a private box at the Las Vegas Raiders game, $13,000 for Broadway shows, $9,400 at Madison Square Garden, $43,000 at top golf locations in Texas, Nevada, Virginia, and Maryland. No wonder they fight like dogs for these jobs, Mr. Producer. The private box Raiders game was part of a retreat for senior staff members. RNC funds were also used to fly the senior staffers and their plus ones first class to Las Vegas and for their hotel rooms, food and alcohol, the staffers say. Senior staff retreats were also held at the Salamander Resort in Spa, Virginia in 2021 and 2022, according to another staffer. A National Committee member says that at the 2021 retreat held from March 19 to 21, 30 senior staffers and their families attended and the RNC paid for Katie Walsh and Mike Shields to speak to the group. FEC reporting shows that the RNC has paid 260000 to the resort in 2021 and 2022, classified as travel expenses and venue rental and catering. The dates of the various entertainment expenditures were provided by former staffers. Under current leadership, the RNC has spent more than $150,000 on what could be considered non-essential office expenses, including $25,000 on Commonwealth Joe Coffee, $7,000 on cupcakes, nearly $7,000 on candies and diffuse, excuse me, candles and diffusers, $75,000 at Pottery Barn, West Elm, Restoration Hardware, Crate and Barrel, in addition, the committee's FEC report shows expenditures totaling 381000 classified as furniture expense during the same time frame. More than 100000 was spent on high-end clothing stores such as uh, Reebok, REI, Nordstrom, Vinlin Fines, Footjoy, Ralph Lauren, Carhartt, and Smathers and & Branson. An RNC vendor tells Red State... That the Vineyard Vines expense, 12000 was likely for embroidered jackets RNC staffers recently received. According to the financial, the RNC is quite generous to its donors, spending $17 million on donor memorials and mementos, and possibly more during McDaniel's term. Custom pins by legendary D.C. jeweler Anne Hand and Christmas ornaments from Tremart, the company that makes the White House Christmas or- ornaments, are listed as donor memento expenses. But the financials also include 65000 in office supplies from Manhand and 28000 from Shemart. The records also include more than 100000 in, in hair and makeup services and dry cleaning expenses, which presumably are for McDaniel's media appearances and wardrobe. Dry cleaning expenses are categorized mainly as office supplies or travel expenses, while the hair and makeup services are categorized as media preparation. Unbelievable how they piss away this money. 
McDaniel did not reply to Red State's request for comment prior to publication. Update. Emma Vaughn, an RNC employee and spokesperson for McDaniel's re-election campaign, provided a statement. I will give you that statement afterwards. She needs to go. She needs to be removed. And I notice McConnell never talks about her or the RNC. Or Carl Rove and the millions that that guy makes. And he just had an op-ed trashing Andy Biggs in the Wall Street Journal. It's not that I disagree with it, but, you know, Carl, you ought to keep your mouth shut and sit this one out. Because too many conservatives simply despise you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. The Republican establishment, the RNC, Mitch McConnell, they need to go. Well, what about Kevin McCarthy? Okay. For the four billionth time, Biggs, Gates, the others, they don't have anybody. In the case of McConnell, we did and do. In the case of McDaniels, they do. The response from the RNC was a client of Harmeet Dillon, and I don't know Harmeet, decided to publish a hit piece in the middle of the night without making a serious attempt to engage with the RNC or Chairwoman McDaniels team. Bottom line is they say this only adds up to 0.8% of the total amount the Chairwoman raised. You sound like liberals. What's the big deal? It's only 0.8% of what we raised. What's the big deal? You spent millions of dollars on crap. That's the big deal. I'll be right back. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. 
I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. The Constipated News Network, Zachary Cohen. Special Counsel Jack Smith has issued a subpoena to local officials in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, for information related to the 2020 election. A spokesperson for the county told CNN... The subpoena sent to Allegheny County is the latest in a string of requests for information sent by Smith. Smith's team has now sent subpoenas to local and state officials in all seven of the key states, they write. Georgia, New Mexico, Nevada, Michigan, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, targeted by former President Donald Trump and his allies as part of their bid to upend Joe Biden's legitimate victory. All right, let's stop. Let's stop clowning around here. The fact of the matter is a candidate is free to challenge an election without it being called a coup. A candidate is free to challenge the electoral count without calling it an insurrection. The violence is separate and apart from all the rest of this. A candidate is free His lawyers are free to talk to state representatives and state senators in the state legislature of a given state, trying to lobby them for one reason or another when it comes to a challenging the outcome of an election. That's politics. That's constitutional. There's nothing illegal about it. Nothing illegal about it to upend Joe Biden's legitimate victory. That's propaganda from the media. There are multiple efforts to upend George W. Bush's 2000 legitimate election in Florida, therefore in the rest of the country. But nobody was charged with crimes. There weren't any federal investigators. There weren't subpoenas that were issued for communications. The lawyers who brought the challenges in one place after another in Florida on behalf of Gore... Their phones weren't taken from them. Their licenses weren't challenged in front of ethics committees. What's happening here, and I don't care if I'm the only voice in the country to say it. I don't care. With a career prosecutor operating on behalf of the Biden administration, what's happening here is a true assault on our electoral system. This is the insurrection. This is the insurrection. To dress up what's taking place here as some kind of a legitimate criminal investigation. Where do you draw the line and how do you draw the line between challenging an election in a state calling for new electors in a state, encouraging state representatives and state senators to consider stepping in. This has been done throughout our history. In fact, the closer to the adoption of the Constitution and its ratification, the more often it actually happened. 
Those efforts, they go on, included putting forward slates of pro-Trump electors and filing baseless lawsuits. Filing baseless lawsuits? Putting forward slates of pro-Trump electors? So what is the system in which putting forward slates of pro-Trump electors, where is that addressed? That's addressed by the Congress of the United States, not a criminal investigation. They decide if the electors put forward should be chosen, if there's a competition of electors, who to choose. system is very straightforward. You don't get to criminalize the process. And look how they criminalized this. The violence that took place on January 6th in that building. They have used that as a hook. A hook. To make the reckless assertion that a presidential candidate cannot go to a state legislature, go to members of the House or the Senate, even encourage the vice president to challenge the electors. When in fact he can. It's not a coup and it's not an insurrection. It's the way the system is set up. And so they've taken what took place in the Capitol and now they're trying to get Trump and his people by broadening this by broadening this well beyond the Capitol building, well beyond what took place there, just as they've done with people who didn't commit acts of violence but were trespassing and parading, quote-unquote. They've broadened this out. So now we have an extremely dangerous precedent where a hack U.S. attorney, a hack attorney general, a hack deputy attorney general, and now a hack special counsel, who in my view is illegitimately appointed, are free to grab all the communications from Republicans at the local, state, and federal level, and their attorneys? Issuing subpoenas under penalty of prosecution if they don't comply? One party investigating another party, their private communications, their attorney communications? What do you think the framers of the Constitution would say about this? The people who hate the country, the people who hate the Constitution, claim to be standing on the side of the country and the Constitution. Jamie Raskin, who comes from a family full of communists, I'm telling you the truth. He's now... The constitutionalists who tells us what to think. Adam Schiff, one of the sleaziest snakes in the history of, of politics. He is now passing judgment. In November 2020, Trump's campaign, CNN, fought in court to throw out over 10,000 absentee ballots in Philadelphia and Allegheny counties that were missing dates or names. Those attempts were rejected by Pennsylvania's Supreme Court, which argued in its opinion that while constituting technical violations of the election code, the mistakes do not warrant the wholesale disenfranch disenfranchisement of thousands of Pennsylvania voters. 
<clears throat> this is amazing. Did not the U.S. Supreme Court step in on this, Mr. Producer? About six weeks ago? To stop in the midterm elections? The counting of ballots and envelopes that weren't signed and didn't have dates? And did not, in effect, the state Supreme Court eventually concur? So the litigation that was brought originally in front of the Supreme Court to stop the counting of these 10,000 and more absentee ballots in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh was legitimate litigation. Legitimate. And yet they cited again at CNN. They say here, federal investigators... They're in full stride. Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, second largest, helped carry President Joe Biden to an 81,000 vote victory in the state. Now you know why Donald Trump was challenging it. Because he and his lawyers were correct. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed Smith last month, but multiple state conspiracy to copy voting software, pointing to reported breaches in Georgia, Michigan, and Nevada. Different allegations they're talking about. We have a corrupt media. We have a corrupt Department of Justice run by a bunch of radical leftist Obama-Biden supporters. We have this buffoon special counsel whose wife is really a suck-up to the to the Obamas. Did a documentary on Michelle Obama and her mother, his mother-in-law, gave donations, I think, to the Obama and or Biden campaigns. And this is the special counsel. Well, the special counsel appointment is not supposed to be a special counsel appointment to investigate your political opponent. The purpose of a special counsel is to address even the appearance of a conflict of interest with an attorney general investigating somebody on his own team. That is, his president, vice president, perhaps another cabinet secretary. It has nothing to do with the appointment of a special counsel to go after your political opponent. This is the first time in modern history since there's been this sort of a special counsel that this has ever been done, ever. He has subpoenaed the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, as you know, who hates Trump. So what he's trying to build here is some kind of a substantial, uh, circumstantial case that makes it look like common political discussion, pressure, suggestions, and so forth and so on. Why don't you do this? Why don't you check that? Have you counted this? How about that? are to be criminalized as an effort to prevent the legitimate and peaceful transfer of power. That is what's going on here. And McConnell and Christie, Larry Hogan, Asa Hutchison, I think in many respects Bill Barr, Karl Rove and others want Trump indicted and they want him removed 
from the public square. And they're not the only ones, which is why they're out there more and more brazenly making it clear, making it clear by their attacks and really communicating with the Department of Justice because they know they're watching. Go ahead, take them out, gum up the works because we want nothing to do with him anymore. Now, I don't care who you support. I really don't. Support whomever you want. But this is un-American. You don't have a special counsel investigating the Biden crime family, but you have one investigating documents? Really? Whatever you do this Sunday, I hope you'll watch Life, Liberty, and Levin at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central. And if you can't watch it, go to your DVR now and set the recording for the time that applies to you. I really want you to watch it. We're going to have Molly Hemingway and Victor Davis Hanson. And we're going to discuss the extent to which the the Biden crime family is being protected. The extent to which they have committed enough predicate offenses in our view that they should have a special counsel appointed. And we're going to get into this in great, 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 great detail. So I hope you will, uh, I hope you will watch live. If you can, I hope you'll set your DVR now. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. By the way, not to mislead, Sunday's show is also going to be about the Republican. So I don't think you're going to want to miss this. It's going to be great. And it's our last Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox until Christmas. So um, I think you'll enjoy it. It's Sunday night, which is the first night of Hanukkah. As my Catholic Italian producer reminds me. But it is. And um, I think, uh, check it out. When we come back, Iran. Oh, Mark, Iran. Iran. The Iranian Islamo-Nazi regime is just sentenced to death one of their soccer players who played on the world scene after he protested. What's Joe Biden even saying? 
about the rape, torture, and slaughter in the streets that's taking place of young people, particularly young women, who want their freedom. And by the way, whatever happened to the American feminist movement? How many women in Congress who claim to be feminists are even speaking out? Certainly not on a regular basis. Where are they? Nancy Pelosi, when they're done doing 15 movies on her. Nothing, not a word. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. Iranian soccer player sentenced to death after protesting. We're going to hang him in the public square. As a punishment for protesting against the death of Masa Amini. Amir Nasser Azandi, 26, was arrested in November in connection to the murders of a police colonel and two volunteer militia members. He was hanged. Of course, he didn't get a fair trial. Um, or am I mixing this up? Hold on one second. No, no, no. I'm mixing that up with another person. Excuse me. Amini is the young woman. She was murdered while in custody after being arrested for improperly wearing her hijab. We've talked about this. And the International Soccer Federation of Professional Footballers say they're shocked and sickened by this. And they stand in solidarity with Amir. Amir is the soccer player. Nasser Azadini will be the 28th person sentenced to death amid the protests. Iran conducted its first execution in relation to the protests last Thursday. Three of those 28 individuals who they executed were children. Children. A friend, Zaid Hezotala, a member of Iran's World Cup team, was shot and killed earlier this month while celebrating Iran's loss to the U.S. in the group stage of the tournament. What do you think of that? But there's a lot going on over there. People disappearing. Hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, are being murdered and missing. In these torture chambers, young women who they are grabbing off the streets are being raped and then brutally killed. And, of course, this is supposed to be a religious government, right? No, it's not religious at all. It's a Nazi-like regime. It's a Nazi-like regime. 
but it gets almost no attention in this country. And the Biden administration was negotiating with them to give them nukes. Veronica Escobar is a Democrat from Texas who's been largely silent about illegal immigration. She's a radical left-wing Democrat kook. And now she's a little concerned about what might be happening on the border once this Section 42 disappears. You see, they know it's going to happen. It's going to be unbelievable. And what's already happened is unbelievable. In these communities, with many, many, many Hispanic Americans that are on the border, when they see the rush of people coming in, almost half a million a month from Europe, from Africa, from Central and South America, from the Middle East, from China, from God knows where. Those communities are going to be destroyed, effectively. They can't handle this financially or in any other way. And so what the Biden administration is going to do, my prediction is they're going to do everything they can to move as many of these illegal aliens into the interior of the country, into the Midwest, into other parts of the country, as they possibly can. North Dakota, South Dakota as well, Wyoming, Montana. They figure there aren't many people in those states, not enough political clout to stop it. It's exactly what they're going to do. Colorado. Why not? It's going to stop them. And the Democrats are crying crocodile tears. Here's Veronica Escobar, Democrat, Texas on the constipated news work today. And by the way, CNN has done almost nothing to cover this prior to now. Almost nothing. Certainly not during the midterms. Cut one, go. I am afraid that a catastrophe will happen, that, um, you know, that, that, that there will be uh, homeless migrants on the streets and freezing temperatures and people will die. I'm worried about that. Um, and, and will that break through the logjam in Congress? I don't know if even that will change things. So politically... Here's the amazing thing. The Democrats are now blaming Congress themselves. But they know the Republicans are taking over the House, so they're going to blame the House. Folks, we don't need any new laws. We don't need comprehensive immigration reform. We need a president who's going to enforce existing immigration laws, and he won't do it. And what makes you think... Ms. Escobar, that if new laws are passed, that this president would, would adhere to them anyway. And this is the lawlessness that destroys the civil society and everything related to it. This is the lawlessness that destroys the civil society. And I want to be abundantly clear. The Democrat Party is intentionally and affirmatively destroying America. Because they want to control the country. They want all the power. They want part, one party rule like they have in California. Effectively have in New Jersey and New York. Like they have in Illinois. Rhode Island. Several of these other states. That's what they want. It's all about power and control. And instituting their ideology. 
And they see they're not punished in these blue states for destroying these blue states, for increases in crime, increases in poverty. Because their propaganda machine, the media and the hundreds and hundreds of millions they raise from these billionaires, who are also Democrats who also want to control society and do not like competition or freedom or free will of individuals. Um, they fund all this. So here she is talking about Congress. Not one word about the president. Nothing. Now here's Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is having films done about her. She's so fantastic. And this is what the left does. They create these phony icons. Nancy Pelosi is a dim-witted left-wing hack from San Francisco who inherited her seat from the man she worked for in Congress, who'd never really had a serious election, much competition, who clawed viciously her way to the top, and who did everything she could to destroy a Republican president in Congress. And there is John Boehner crying like a buffoon. Probably had a few joints, if you know what I mean, Mr. Producer, just suggesting. Crying like a buffoon, praising Nancy Pelosi. The same man who hates you and me. That's what we get. They get a Pelosi. She's a disgrace. Here's... Judge Richard Cortez, Hildago County, Texas. He's an elected judge. He's a Democrat. And he's on CNN today. Notice again, CNN's trying to play catch-up. CNN was all fine with this. Newsom was all fine with this. Then he goes to the border. Uh-oh. This could get ugly. There could be deaths. Towns could be overrun. I got to get on the right side of this thing fast. After years and years of years of being a jerk, Cut three, go. And it was always a concern to us when, when they come into our airports or our bus stations, you know, to our neighborhoods, uh, when such large numbers, it, it presents a logistic, a logistic problem. And, you know, thank goodness we have some uh, non-governmental agencies that have been assisting with this process, but it puts a burden on not only cities, but, but all our federal agents. And we're going into a holiday season that, that hopefully are our people that, that are entrusted with protecting us will we'll spend some time with the families. But if this Title 42 is lifted, then it's going to be all hands on board, everybody working. Uh, it will really be a nightmare. I think everybody agrees with that. No, everybody doesn't. Like the leadership of your party. And there's Pelosi at a press briefing today. Eva Pelosi, cut to go. Should the administration extend Title 42, do you think the border is secure enough to possibly handle an influx in migrants that we could see? Well, the, uh, to secure our border is our responsibility. Uh, we always can do more. So we say enough by what standard. But I, uh, the what? courts have spoken on that subject. Uh, it, there's not going to be anything happening in this Congress as we go out because it is... We've been through the course now. I do like talking about immigration, though, because it is the constant reinvigoration of America. There you go. There you go. Absolutely incomprehensible and incoherent. The reinvigoration of America is having 
multi-millions of foreigners come into the country? How is that a reinvigoration of America? No thought is even given to assimilating people into our, into our society, into our system. People come here, they claim to want to be part of the society and system, and yet the Democrat Party and their surrogates, that is the teachers' unions and the educational bureaucrats, the tenured Marxists in our colleges and universities, the corrupt Democrat Party media and so forth, they don't even want people born in this country assimilated into our system. That's what critical race theory is all about. That's what the war on the nuclear family is all about. So Pelosi says, hey, look, I've only been here 412 years. I'm very busy with my ice cream, with my daughter doing a documentary. I'm very busy at taking all the accolades from, uh, from Boehner and all the rest of it. I, I, you know, I like talking about immigration. You know, it reinvigorates America. It's swamping America. It's overwhelming America. And no president prior to Joe Biden ever did this to this country, not even Obama. No president. And that's why as soon as it hit Martha's Vineyard, as soon as DeSantis sent a handful of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, they went nuts. But we have to hit all these Tony Democrat areas heavily, overwhelm them, and change their demographics. I'll be right back. Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. It's a funny thing, the media cannot stop talking about Donald Trump. Will he be indicted? Oh, look what he tweeted. And yet, when he puts out a video message today, nobody's playing it, are they, Mr. Producer? Nobody's playing it in the media. How much time do I have this segment right now? Well, let's play what he put out. Here's a video message today. Cut four. Go. First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business or person to censor, limit, categorize or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, 
the DOJ, no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Cut to go. I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law, and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory, and constitutional offenses. To assist in these efforts, I am urging House Republicans to immediately send preservation letters, and we have to do this right now, to the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, and every Silicon Valley tech giant, ordering them not to destroy evidence of censorship. And by the way, this is really, you can hear what he's saying. The establishment, the media, they're this is his effort to break the back of this war on the First Amendment and free speech and to break up this oligopoly between government, political parties, the Democrat Party, and these, these uh, Silicon Valley platforms. Go ahead. Cut six. We need to break up the entire toxic censorship industry that has arisen under the false guise of tackling so-called myths and disinformation. The federal government should immediately stop funding all nonprofits and academic programs that support this authoritarian project. If any U.S. university is discovered to have engaged in censorship activities or election interferences in the past, such as flagging social media content for removal of blacklisting, Those universities should lose federal research dollars and federal student loan support for a period of five years and maybe more. We should also enact new laws laying out clear criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to do an end run around the Constitution and deprive Americans of their first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights. In other words, deprive them of their vote. And once you lose those elections, and once you lose your borders like we have, you no longer have a country. Can't you embrace this? I certainly can. Here's a guy speaking out against what's going on. Here are his proposals. This is what he wants to do in plain English. It'll be very difficult to do, but it makes a hell of a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Of course, it'll be dismissed and so forth. But how do you take these people on without taking them on? This is why they want to put them away, folks. And this is also why they don't want DeSantis. DeSantis has urged his Supreme Court to appoint a committee or a commission, if you will, to look into all the bum information and the consequences of the bum information provided by Fauci and the other federales that were imposed on the state and pushed on the state. And he wants to do, quote-unquote, an after-action review of everything the feds did. You think McConnell will like that? Chris Christie? You think any of them? These other guys are just tilting at windmills. They have no intention of doing anything. No intention of doing anything. Now, when we scratch our heads and 
people who we know, scratchheads, so where are we going with this country? It's so awful. And then we have a few good men, few good women, who will stand up, put their necks on the line and say, okay, I'll take this on for you. And then, oh, they're too controversial. Oh, they're, they're, uh, they're, they don't know how to speak. Oh, they're this, that, or the other. We have to back people. We're going to back us. It's that simple. And we have the entire alignment of the culture against us. I'll be right back. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I was just sent this by my wife. New York bans the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits at retail pet stores. They say the new law aims to end the puppy mill to pet store pipeline, according to the governor's office. Uh, Let me tell you what it'll do. It'll wind up in even more dogs being killed. It'll wind up with more dogs being killed. When we got our dog, Pepsi, I went to the pet store. And there were six little black and white puppies, mixed breed dogs, And they had been brought as puppies to the pet store from somebody in the community. And the pet store took them in and put them in the window where I, among others, could see them. And I can remember this like it was happening this morning. And it was 24 years ago. Actually, 24 and a half years ago. And I picked out that little boy. There were six dogs. He was the runt. He was the only male. And he turned out to be the biggest of the of the six as he grew up. And I put him on his back and I tickled his stomach. And Pepsi was the smartest dog. Half Border Collie, half Cocker Spaniel. I'll bet he had the brains of a five-year-old little kid, Mr. Producer. I really... When we would talk to him, one ear would go up, one ear would be down. It's as if he understood everything we were saying. He was a fantastic dog. He never made it to 12. Pepsi was doing fine 
then something didn't seem right with him. I took him into the hospital veterinarian. Fabulous place. Name shall remain silent. People mean well. And uh, they had a cardiologist there, dog cardiologist, a little, little office off the side. And they said he had suffered a cardiac event, which I took to mean a heart attack. But he was doing okay. But then I took him back because he seemed to be huffing and puffing a lot a few days later, and it turned out he had some fluid in his lungs. You know, like when you get pneumonia, and they said, we will drain his. It was a lung. And one of the technicians accidentally punctured his lung. And the the people who used to own the facility, very good people. Everybody was extremely upset. Of course, I was. Family, very upset. Because <clears throat> we just had him home and he was supposed to do very well. And what they said was, we can do heroic surgery. I said, what would that involve? What would that involve? Cutting open his chest, cracking his ribs. I said, uh, 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 no, he's not. He's not an animal experiment. So he he died that evening. Uh, we were surrounding him. Unfortunately, he was on a cold steel table. And he was. He, he had been with the kids since they were little, since my daughter was 10 and my son was 7. And my son wasn't there. And um, every damn time, it's harder than the next. And they had him all loaded up with pain meds. I didn't know. I said, is he in pain? They said, yes. And he was staring me in the eyes. Staring me in the eyes, lying on that steel table, cold table. I said, go ahead. He never shut his eyes. And that was Pepsi. Without all the in-between. Which, uh, such a fantastic dog. There would have been no Pepsi, but for the fact he was at the pet store. Now, I agree these puppy mills are disgusting and they're a disgrace. But all dogs in pet shops aren't from puppy mills. Moreover... If a dog is in a pet shop and it's from a puppy mill, it's not of its own creation. They need to be adopted too. So yes, the puppy mills need to be shut down. People need to be prosecuted. But I can assure you groups like PETA, other groups, Humane Society of America and other groups have been pushing for this for decades. But it's one less avenue in which dogs and cats and rabbits are available. Uh, I don't want to take calls on this. I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes. Uh, But um, there aren't even enough local pet shops anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. 
I have nothing against PetSmart and PetGo and Pet This and Pet That. But when you had your neighborhood pet store, pet shop, you knew the owners. You knew where they got the animals from. And so forth and so on. What's next? Are they going to shut down PetSmart and PetGo? What a disaster that would be. Because even a lot of the, the dog adoption agencies and foundations and groups use those retailers as places to have adoption events every weekend. But I don't think this is a very good event in New York. You know, the New York politicians pretty much do whatever is faddish, whatever is fashionable. Transgenders in, so they pass a bunch of laws on that. Illegal immigration's in, so they pass a bunch of laws supporting that. Redistribution of wealth is in, so they pass a bunch of laws doing that. Curing ballots, harvesting ballots, pass a bunch of laws doing that. It's all it is. It's like a bunch of prebubescent teenagers on a binge. Just passing all kinds of stupid stuff. Because that's what they do. Stupid stuff. In these blue states. So you'll drive across the the state boundaries and you'll maybe you'll drive by a little pet shop you can ask them where they get the dogs from they'll be very specific about where they do you can check it out like we did and go home with a beautiful little pup or kitten or baby rabbit I'll tell you what sickens me when I drive down the street in either Virginia or Florida And I see a little brown rabbit, Mr. Producer. And they're running across the street or they're running across the yard. And there's a lot of woods around our home in Virginia. And there's a lot of these preserves in Florida. You know what chases those rabbits? Not deer. Coyotes. Which, yes, are in Florida and Virginia. Bobcats, foxes. In Virginia, it's these red foxes that look like uh, they've come by a nuclear power plant gone nuts. They're huge because they're able to feed without many predators to stop them. And in Florida, it's coyotes. And... Um, so when I see these little rabbits running across the street into the preserve, I'm always watching to see if there's anything behind them, because if there is, you know, I'll make a lot of noise with my car or whatever and try and scare them off. I don't like predators. Well, Mark, they have to eat, too. I didn't say it's logical. I don't like predators. I don't like human predators. I don't like animal predators. I don't like them. I don't like bullies. Like out-of-control special counsel, out-of-control U.S. attorneys, out-of-control FBI, out-of-control attorney general. I don't like bullies. I never have. And unfortunately, I had to get into a lot of fights to deal with it. And won my fair share, by the way, Mr. Producer. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Over at the Washington Compost, they're having convulsions. Is it wrong of me to enjoy what I'm watching over there, Mr. Bidoufi? I don't think it is. I don't have enough time in this segment to, to explain to you what's happening at the Washington Compost. But you'll notice the Washington Compost, I mentioned to you about a week or 10 days ago, has lost half a million subscribers. They used to have a saying there, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I think the saying should be, if you don't get it, screw you. Nonetheless, CNN, which also is going through a spate of firings, uh, and Ali, what's the clown's name? Oh, Ali Darcy. Name is Oliver. I like Ollie Oliver, particularly for, like, a pet's name, Mr. Producer. Uh, Darcy used to contact me, and I always ignored him, CNN. Darcy was trying to get me to be one of his snitches. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? I never told anybody this. He would contact me and say, pretty much, he would say, you know, I can, I can give you a good press run. Can we go to lunch? Can we do I said, get lost, you moron. Other press people have tried that over the decades. Somebody named Ruth Marcus, who used to write at the Washington Post. I think she's now an opinion writer or whatever. Same thing. Bye. Get lost. They all made runs at me. Some of them still do. That's why I don't get invited to their parties. The best people in media list, Mr. Producer, put up by one of the worst websites in America. <laughs> But I want to get into this. The Washington Compost, they're livid at the publisher, Freddie Ryan. Now, those of you who listen to this show are familiar with Freddie Ryan. Freddie Ryan is not a fan of mine. Even though every other year I go to the Reagan Library and we have the biggest event every time we're there, period, bar none. No politician. No TV host. Nobody draws the number of people we do, America. When I promote a book and we come out there and we talk about Reagan with whom I worked. 
But I think I'm persona non grata now because of Fred Ryan, the publisher of the Washington Compost and the chairman of the Reagan Board of Directors. I know it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's very weird, actually. But they're having uh, conniptions over there, and I want to further discuss it. We touched on it the other day, but there's more. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Folks, I need you to do something today. With aircraft prices surging and flights being canceled left and right, it's harder than ever for our wounded, ill, and injured service members to be with their loved ones on Christmas. And unless we do something right now, within the next two weeks, hundreds of wounded service members will be forced to be apart from their families on Christmas. Luke's Wings believes that every wounded warrior should be able to spend the holidays with their loved ones. Since 2008, they provided more than 14,000 airplane tickets, reuniting families with wounded warriors. This Christmas, please join me and help Luke's Wings reunite 500 wounded warriors with their families by making a tax-deductible donation at lukeswings.org today. Please don't wait. Donate right now. Airfare is rising fast, and these soldiers are running out of time. Please make a meaningful impact this Christmas. Bring a soldier and their family together. By donating today at lukeswings.org. That's lukeswings.org. Lukeswings.org. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We are going to take some calls during the last half hour of this show. If you want to get in, you need to get in fast. Numbers 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Before I get to the Washington Post, I want to talk about my friend Rudy Giuliani. What they are trying to do to Rudy Giuliani is evil. It's unconscionable. There's an organization that goes around filing ethics complaints against attorneys who worked in the last campaign. And the reason they're doing this is to try and prevent these attorneys or future attorneys from working on behalf of conservative and Republican candidates, let alone Donald Trump. And now some of them are fighting for their livelihood. They're fighting for their license. They're fighting for their career. And this is sort of the scum of the earth that we're up against. Even though I don't wish to put down scum compared to these people. And of course they file it 
where there are typically left-wing lawyers, extremely hostile places like Washington, D.C. and New York in the case of Rudy Giuliani. And Reuters writes, Giuliani should be disciplined over 2020 election case, ethics panel says. Rudy Giuliani violated at least one attorney ethics rule in his work on a failed lawsuit challenging the 2020 election results on behalf of then-U.S. President Donald Trump. This is one run-on sentence. And should be disciplined, a District of Columbia Attorney Ethics Committee said. It's an attorney ethics committee. In other words, attorneys in Washington, D.C., which votes 95% Democrat. The attorneys probably vote 99.9% Democrat. The committee of the D.C. Board of Professional Responsibility will recommend a specific penalty later for Giuliani, so he doesn't even know what he violated, theoretically, who faces accusations that he breached ethics rules against bringing frivolous lawsuits in harming the administration of justice. So this is precious, is it not, America? Unbelievable. And how do you figure out what a frivolous lawsuit is when you're bringing the lawsuit? I mean, there's some cases that are black and white. None of these are black and white in Pennsylvania. Hamilton Phil Fox of the D.C. Office of Disciplinary Counsel told the panel on Thursday that Giuliani should be disbarred saying he tried to, quote, ignore the will of the voters, unquote, and undermine the U.S. Constitution. Giuliani's lawyer, John Leventhal, asked the committee to impose either a letter of reprimand or private admonition. And at the end of today's portion of the hearing, a visibly angry Giuliani accused Fox of engaging in, quote, a personal attack, adding, I don't know what happened to the defense of lawyers who take on unpopular causes. Fox declined to comment. Leventhal could not immediately be reached. The committee's eventual recommendation on how to discipline Giuliani will have to go before the full board. So this is a small group of the board. It's going to have to go to the full board and then the D.C. Court of Appeals for a final decision. Now, the problem with the D.C. Court of Appeals is Obama and Harry Reid packed it. They added seats to that court in Washington, D.C. They called the second most powerful court. They added seats to it and they pointed a bunch of leftists. The committee convened last week to hear allegations that Giuliani, 79, violated legal ethics rules in a lawsuit seeking to invalidate hundreds of thousands of mail-in votes in Pennsylvania. I think one of the things that Rudy, I could be wrong, was challenging in support of the lawyers there was the very issue the Supreme Court just upheld and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania just upheld which is to throw out the ballots that were not properly marked on the exterior, on the envelope, with the signature and the date. The signature and the date. Leventhal told the panel, this is Rudy's lawyer, in closing arguments on December 8th, that Giuliani should not be disciplined. Just because the judge in the Pennsylvania case did not accept and never considered the only version of the complaint that Giuliani himself signed. In other words, they didn't even look at the version of the complaint that Giuliani signed, the judge. And they still want to take his license away. Now, what do you think about that, America? Leventhal said the crux of the lawsuit was not voter fraud, but social distancing restrictions imposed on election observers 
and policies in some counties that allowed voters to address mistakes on mail ballots. Well, he should be disbarred for that, don't you think, America? A reasonable attorney can make that argument without being frivolous, his lawyer said. This is sickening. That literally makes me sick to my stomach. Literally makes me sick to my stomach what they're trying to do to him. And then they'll pick it up in New York with the same compliment of leftists, no question about it. It's, it, it's, it's so appalling. Whew, the injustice is just, uh, it's never ending. Now here at CNN, Oliver Darcy. Staffers at the Washington Post are livid at publisher Fred Ryan. Freddie. It's according to conversations he said I had on Wednesday with nearly a dozen employees at the compost who expressed fury at the way Frederick Ryan announced in a town hall that the company would undergo layoffs in early 2023. He was never sort of a, uh, a people person, Freddie Ryan. I never met him, but I understand he was never a people person. Unless he was trying to kiss some donors' ass to get donations. Ryan said that the layoffs would only amount to a single-digit percentage of the workforce. Yeah, but what if you're part of the single digit, like your IQ? And that the overall size of the company would not shrink, given there would be reinvestments in other areas, but none of that quelled outrage from staff. You know, we're only cutting 1%. It may include you, and we're going to reinvest the money, so think of the big picture. What an idiot. Now, the staffers at the compost who are already seeking answers over the way their colleagues who worked on the now-canceled Sunday magazine were summarily let go last month were aghast at the way Ryan conducted himself in the town hall, they told me. He does this whole dog and pony show about how things are going great and then drops at the end that he's going to cut the workforce, and then he refuses to take questions, one staffer told me. Video posted on Twitter by national reporter Annie Gowan showed Ryan walk off stage, much like Biden, as staffers peppered him with questions instead of answering the queries uh, or the questions from his startled and anxious employees. Ryan told them that he would not turn the town hall into a grievance session. In a blistering statement, the Washington Post Guild fired back at Ryan, that's the union, Describing his refusal to take questions as unacceptable behavior from any leader. Now, did they say that about Biden? But especially the leader of a news organization whose core values include transparency and accountability. I have to agree with the union here. Absolutely. Of course, the news of the layoffs comes amid a horrible backdrop of the media industry at large in recent weeks. CNN has laid off hundreds of staffers. Gannett has cut 200 staffers. NPR has said it needs to find $10 million in savings. Oh, boy, they're going to be selling those CDs left and right, aren't they, Mr. Producer? And other organizations have implemented moves to slash costs. Well, National Pubic Radio and the Pubic Broadcasting System, they'll go to their Democrat friends in Congress, of course. But there is a right way and a wrong way to notify a workforce about a future layoff, writes Holly Darcy. And what I heard throughout the day is that staffers at the compost believe Ryan handled it horrendously. Yeah, I I would second that. In fact, I haven't spoken to a single person at the compost yet who's gone to bat for the publisher. Well, wait until the 
The compost union finds out that he's the chairman of the board of the Reagan Library, Mr. Producer. Because he's destroying that institution, too. Ryan alienated the newsroom to such an extent that a number of high-profile reporters who previously not joined the Guild decided that they would. Ashley Parker, loser. Josh Dawsey, loser. Shane Harris, loser. Bob Barnes, loser. Jose Dalia, loser. John Woodrow Cox, loser. And John Hudson, loser, told the union they wanted in, according to two people familiar with the matter. By the way, Fred Ryan is really, really tight with Peggy Noonan. Really, really tight with Fred Ryan. Thought you'd want to know. Ryan's conduct is also not helping executive editor Salary Busby. Oh, do tell about the Busby. Already had to deal with an out-of-control newsroom over the summer when high-profile employees were feuding with each other. Oh, do tell. Oh, yes. Busby indicated to staffers on Wednesday that she had only learned about the layoff situation the night before. Spokesperson for the compost said that she had been fully engaged in our ongoing transformation efforts. Oh, they're transforming over there, Mr. Producer. Fred Ryan is transforming. Who knew? After the town hall, Busby held a meeting with some staffers in which she was grilled about the impending cuts. Busby said that she did not know if owner Jeff Bezos had played a role. So now Busby is undercutting Freddie. Regardless of who was responsible for the business decision, the manner in which it was communicated. Yeah, you can lop off our heads. It's the way you communicated it. To the approximately 2,500 employees at the compost has torpedoed newsroom morale. They're very wokey over there, aren't they, Mr. Producer? They're like snowflakes. Is that what we call them? Oh, yeah, very thin-skinned. They're out there trying to destroy Trump and DeSantis and trying to destroy conservatism. Oh, you didn't approach this right. Ryan seemingly tried later in the day to assuage concerns, sending a follow-up all-staff email in which he said he recognized information about layoffs will, next part, understandably generate a great deal of uncertainty across our organization. But the email didn't seem to improve the standing inside the newsroom. Quote, the mood is really grim. I mean, it's a downer, man. What that dude did to us, uh, unbelievable. People are just so livid right now, it's bad. Just, just bad. Well, join the rest of the world, Wokers, at the Washington Compost. Join the rest of the world. The economy's going swimmingly. I know this. Ask Joe Scarborough. Everything's very cool. Spend more money. And we'll reduce inflation. Those gas prices? Yes. Climate change. Live by the sword, you stupid bastards. You die by the sword. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
We'll take some calls next half hour if you want to jump in. I don't know if we have a full board or not. I can't see it yet. Wall Street Journal. Again, I want to advise Carl Rove. Why don't you butt out? You're a bushy. You lost the Senate in the House in 2006. You're a crony of Mitch McConnell's. Nothing personal. I met this guy once in an airport. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't talk to me, Mr. Producer. Remember that? And uh, But anyway, it doesn't matter. Writes this piece trashing Andy Biggs, who deserves to be trashed. But not from Carl Rove. That just makes it look bad. There's no say in any of this. These bushies amaze me. They amaze me. I mean, the FBI goes after these guys. U.S. attorneys go after these guys. Carl in particular, and wrongly so. We defend him. We defend Bush. What a mess. PNG says plants making NyQuil and Vicks running around the clock. Uh-oh. Aren't people like taking NyQuil and cooking stuff with it or something? Mr. People do the weirdest stuff. Not supposed to cook with NyQuil. You rub it on your body. No, you don't do that either. This is from Sharon Schlepp. I mean, Turlep and Brianna Abbott. U.S. households are stepping up spending on cough and cold medicines. Gee, it never ends from tampons to NyQuil. And children's pain relievers amid a rise in reports of respiratory infections, leading to sporadic shortages of some drugs online and at stores. That's not what's leading to sporadic shortages. Inflation is. Flu infections and hospitalizations are surging across the country. Federal data suggests on top of an already busy season for other respiratory viruses, including respiratory names that I can't even read, like RSV. These viruses are common in the fall and winter months, but the sharp early increases have roiled families and put pressure on children's hospitals. You know, anything for an excuse for this Biden administration. Do we have a surplus of anything? When you go into a grocery shop, any surpluses on anything? No. Shortages across the board. Price increases across the board. I don't have to tell you. You experience this. We don't need to go. Guess what? The price. We know. I go into the local supermarket about every three days. Usually to grab something, but to always look around to always look around. And I'll go into the paper aisle to see what's going on with the paper towels and the toilet paper and the napkins. That tells me something. I'll go into the baby aisle with the diapers and the baby food and the baby formula. That tells me something. It's true. I'll even go into the, the pharmaceutical or section with the toothpaste and the toothbrushes. and the. I want to see if there's any shortages of that going on. I walk through the dairy section. I don't get a lot of dairy, some lactose and tar, but I look. Always shortages in the dairy section, I'm noticing. Always shortages in the baby section. Then I go through, I guess they call it the snack aisle with the pretzels and potato chips. Shortages of popcorn and pretzels. They had them, but you could see the holes on the shelf. 
where they didn't have what they used to have. So these are not good times. The pharmacy, I don't use that pharmacy, I'll use a different pharmacy, but they are having shortages of medicines, including, what is it that you take for diabetes? What is that shot? Insulin. They're having some insulin shortages. Now, a lot of people, if they don't have their insulin, they die. Now, I'll walk very, very fast, Mr. Producer, through the woman's, like the tampon, you know, like a fast, like, you know, I don't want to be viewed as a sicko. So I'm like, you know, one of the appointees in the Biden administration. No, so I shoot past their fast. I went so fast, I didn't notice anything, to be perfectly honest with you. I also look at the fruit section. Why? I want to see if the fruit is fresh. I go through the meat and the, and the fowl and so forth. I'm telling you, I see it. And the shelves are getting thinner and thinner. The choices are getting thinner and thinner. The expenses are going up and up. I'll be right back. If you want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. Let's jump into the gene pool and take some calls, shall we? Yes, we can. Let's go to Deb, El Paso, Texas, XM Satellite. Deb, you're at ground zero. Go right ahead. Mark, uh, first I want to say it's an honor to, to speak to you. Um, I you. was born in El Paso and uh, live about five miles away in New You're Mexico the one. from the Texas, yeah, Texas state line. Um, I just, you know, want your listeners to know that it is bad here in El Paso. Um, I don't care what the news says, what the mayor says, it's bad. I mean, we had a 12-year-old girl uh, hit by a car about two weeks ago um, on the border highway. Uh, they were crossing um, illegally. Uh, Another one this weekend that was crossing our major highway. Um, they're leaving trash in people's yards. They're sleeping in people's yards. It's bad here. And I don't know if the people in El Paso just want to turn their backs, but it's like they don't, they don't see it and they're not going to say anything. And, and well, I, think that pe- I think we should move our capital from Washington, D.C. to El Paso, Texas. What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know if I want all those politicians. Around well, that's here. a good point. That doesn't help you very much. But I think the people in Washington, D.C. should experience the nirvana, the paradise that they're creating on the border there. Yes, sir. Oh, you know, when, when uh, Kamala Harris said, she, that, you know, we've been to the border. No, you haven't. She didn't go to the border. She was about 15 You know, there's a restaurant called the border. I think she meant she went to the restaurant called the border because she's never been anywhere near the border. And, of course, Joe Biden's too busy. He can't go to the border, he says. He's busy. What do you want him to do? Have you ever seen anything so reckless in your life? No, no. And the people are walking across. They say on the news, oh, they're not just walking. Yes, they are in Mm -hmm. droves. My heart goes out to you and to the people there. This is really horrendous that our own government is precipitating this. Our own government not only won't secure the border, they are precipitating this onslaught of foreigners pouring into our country. And they're not just coming from Mexico. They're coming from all over the world. 
All right. I'm sorry, Deb, but you take care of yourself. Let us continue, shall we? I think I will. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC, our friend Jimmy. Go right ahead, please. Yeah, most people now realize that the government is weaponizing government agencies and departments against the opposition, and in our case, MAGA. This was done before in Czechoslovakia, and the communists actually wrote a how-to book on it, and it was translated into English, and the free world has access to it. It's called And Not a Shot is Fired by Jan Kozak. That's written by a communist that fell in our hands, and it was translated. This was decades ago. It's about the peaceful transition to socialism. So look what they describe. It was a coalition government, which we have. We have non-communist and communist in our government, a handful of anti-communists. The communists get control, and they, they get control of the enforcement parts of the agencies, the government. They go after the Tea Party, the, you know, the, the IRS, Bureau of Land Management, the Justice Department. They go after... Uh, the opposition, and then they have pressure from below. That's the Antifa communist riots. When you add that up, little by little, they're squeezing out what's left of free democratic people here, and it's all according to plan. It's written in the American communist publication and the Soviet publication. You would love this. World Marxist Review. They Like you expose the Marxist in America, as big and dangerous as, as it is here, it's in every single country all over the world. They all work together. It's all coordinated. It's absolutely brilliant, diabolical, but brilliant. And uh, so this is what, what's going on here. They also stress and push both Soviets and American communists the strategies of Antonio Gramsci. That's where you oh, penetrate yes. all Antonio religion. Antonio Gramsci. Go right ahead. All religion, all culture. And mm -hmm. meanwhile, uh, Pete Buttigieg's father was the leader and founder of the International Gramsci Society. This administration all over the place has communist, socialist, every different... Now remind area. people who Gramsci was. It was an Italian communist. Antonio Gramsci, Antonio Gramsci was an Italian communist, and he, he argued against the traditional Marxism, where a relatively small group takes over a country, then has to re-educate the population. Gramsci said, no, in a capitalist country, nobody's going to embrace socialism. We have to re-educate the population prior to the takeover. We have to penetrate the schools, the religion, and the culture. Now, when they do this in a Muslim country, the religion they penetrate is Islam. Mm -hmm. So even though in the past the Nazis worked with, with Muslims in the Middle East, the communists have been working a hundred years among the Muslim groups. It's absolutely brilliant. If I had a secure way to send you stuff in the mail, I could send you some stuff that would really... Really, really, I know all about Gramsci. I know all about what he did. I wanted to put it in American Marxism, but the book was getting way too long, to be honest with you. So I had to make, you know, editorial decisions on how long this book would be. I could this book could have been a thousand pages long. I listen, I spoke the other uh, a couple of months ago, hour and a half with no notes. Mm. I, I've been in this 50 years. Mark. You're an expert it, it, on we this are stuff. really in the last legs here. Yeah, I agree. Jimmy, thank you. We appreciate you, buddy. You're a great resource, and we love when you call in. Let us continue. Tony, Clifton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. I wanted Hi. to just um, comment on the treatment of Mayor Giuliani. Mm -hmm. I believe that 
in the COVID situation and for the work that he's done in trying to bring forth democracy during a time when the world was on hold, when mm-hmm. courts were adjourned, when people were given extensions for many things, when the world was in a state of confusion. I want to commend Mayor Giuliani for seeking to, to bring forth the right thing that should have been done during the, the election of 2020, which was mishandled and the biggest thing that goes up front is that during the pandemic, that was that was the, the covering of the mismanagement. And and I believe you, know, you, know, you look you look at some of these great men, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, who a fantastic reputation as a constitutional scholar and a professor and at one point a dean of a law school. I can go through the whole list of attorneys here and the whole list of other individuals with tremendous resumes and pedigrees and so forth and all of a sudden they're fighting for their careers they're fighting for their license they're fighting for their freedom they're fighting for their lives now if this isn't tyranny what the hell is it they're fighting for their freedom trump giuliani eastman think about this for a minute america tony They're fighting for their freedom. That should put it in in a stark sort of a a setup that people can understand exactly what's going on here. And they're not alone. There are other people with great reputations in the States who are now fighting for their freedom. As this Washington government under Biden and under this Department of Injustice tries to come up and concoct various scenarios, criminal scenarios, pushing the outer limits of criminal statutes, criminalizing politics. Politics is ugly. And so when you drag it in front of a jury, not of your peers, but of Democrats, when it involves Trump or Trump land, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or Manhattan, you can imagine you can't get a fair trial. But these people are literally now fighting for their freedom, their careers, their livelihoods. This is incredible when you think about it. Thank you for your call, Tony. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back. Mark in. All right, let's go to Tim Washington, D.C., the Republicans are blocking immigration reform, he says. Go ahead, Timothy. No, I was saying, sir, uh, first of all, uh, you keep saying that the Democrats, they are for open border, and I disagree with that. And what? Because uh, uh, the, it, 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 I heard you saying the Democrats are, you know, for open border. <clears throat> well, uh, why is the border open? For God's sakes, they have the presidency, the White House. They have the House and the Senate. What, you mean they're not? But all the Democrats are asking is for comprehensive immigration reform. What does that mean? What it means is, you know, legalizing the 12 million people plus securing the border, everything together. That's what it means. What do they want? Legalizing 12 million people plus securing the border, you said? Yes, sir. Sir, we have what's called laws. And those laws require the securing of the border. We don't have to trade. We don't have to meet at the 40-yard line. These are federal laws. 
that the president has a constitutional obligation to uphold. We have fentanyl coming across the border and killing over 100,000 Americans a year. Does that bother you? Does that bother you? We have criminals coming across the border. They caught two today who have uh, murder records who've been deported before. Does that bother you? We have a sex trade going on on the border that we can't even control. We have the drug cartels running the damn border. We're being overrun. And you're a comprehensive immigration reform. Well, I'll tell you what that means. Secure the damn border. Quadruple the number of border patrol. Quadruple the number of ICE. Throw people out who aren't supposed to be here. Lock up the crooks. That's what it means. What do you think about that? And he's gone. Tim from Washington. Off to the cafe, I guess, Mr. Producer. It is, after all, Thursday night. Comprehensive immigration reform. Is this some kind of a joke? All they do is wave these stupid flags around with their sayings on it. These people, the Democrats, they're delusional. They're delusional. And they're destroying this country. Destroying it. Let's continue, shall we? Anita Carson City, California. I thought Carson City was in Nevada, but what do I know? 870, the answer, the great KORLA. Anita, how are you? Good, Mr. Levin. It's from Crescent City, KPOD. I've heard of Crescent City. You can call me Mark, by the way. Pull up here. It's a hidden gem. Yes, it is. So hidden, nobody's ever heard of it before. Well, you need to come and visit, and you'll agree. Well, one it never is knows. It's a crying shame that with the Democrats, excuse my French, but that's how I feel, that they have to import votes because everyone who is in the middle is leaving to come to our side. But the reason why they're getting away with all this is because no one punishes that side. That's like letting your child get away with murder all the time. Never the getting problem out. is they control the people who are supposed to do the punishing. Well, the Department maybe. of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, most of these district court judges. The problem is we don't have law and we don't have order. From the party that claims to stand for law and order, the Democrats. You saw the country burn in 2020, the summer 2020, and the great Nancy Pelosi with all the documentaries and iconic uh, celebrations called the federales who were trying to protect a federal courthouse, called them stormtroopers. Her number three, the the great James Clyburn, with his great knowledge of the Third Reich, which he brings up from time to time because he's a moron, also called them stormtroopers. And so this is the problem that we have in this country, a breakdown of law and order, the federalizing of law, controlling the FBI and the Department of Justice, whether it's going after parents or pro-lifers or a former president or whatever it is. Uh, And that's the problem. That's why they only enforce the laws that they want to, which they think benefit them. And That's a clear violation of the federal constitution. It's an impeachable offense. But as long as you have useless, long-on-the-tooth senators like Mitch McConnell 
the I-word is never mentioned unless it's Trump. And they mention the I-word indictment, not the I-word impeachment on Biden. Anita, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. I'm caught up, right, Mr. Producer? I better be. I ripped up all the... uh... Okay, here we go. We only have a minute, so let's take a call quickly. Alex, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Alex, go! Hey, good evening, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. By the way, you're 100% correct about the border, and whatever reasons the Democrats give for why we should allow these people into our country illegally, we shouldn't be sacrificing the lives of our children with the amount of cocaine that's coming in here and killing thousands of our children. But about FTX, I wanted to say this. Yes. Um, I think before Republicans investigate the Hunter Biden story, which matters, but it's not going to affect the 2024 election because Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee. I think we should first look into what Democrats knew about how FDX was a big fat scam. They, and they can didn't... do both. They can walk and chew gum at the same time. They're going to have to. But no, they need to dig into into Biden because his relationships with China, I think, are severely damaging our nation we salute our armed forces police officers firefighters emergency personnel our truckers the men and women all over the world who seek freedom we stand with you 